How are you doing today, Davey? Still got MS, Callum. Oh. <laughs> Still got it, aye, that's rough. Yes, Callum, that's rough. Lucky you've got mates to come and visit you, eh? I suppose. <laughs> I know we didn't always get on before, but we seem to get on, you know, better these days. Now that I can't get away from you. Exactly, aye. <laughs> well, we see more of each other, put it that way. Oh, oh. Oh, dear, David, that, that sounded sore. Yes, yes, it was. Is that one of your spasm things? Aye, it was. Uh, my muscles tighten when I'm stressed. Aye. <laughs> you seem to get a lot of spasms, eh? Depends how stressed I am. Oh, oh. oh, there it goes again, David. I know. Are you stressed just now, like? A bit, yeah. How come is something bugging you? Getting under your skin, winding you up like? Maybe there is, Callum. Oh, hope it's not me, eh? <laughs> That'd be ironic. <laughs> the guy who came to see you to cheer you up was actually the guy who stressed you out and gave you more spasms. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, it would. Uh, look, it's good of you to come, but I must admit, I'm not feeling 100% today. Ah, oh, me neither. I'm a bit under the weather, I know. <laughs> I had a dodgy curry last night. So, if, it, if it's all the same, Callum... My flatmate Morag thinks it was the prawn madras, but mm, I'm not sure. They tasted fine. Only takes one, right enough. Yes, it only takes one, Callum. <laughs> OK, so is there anything else I can do for you while I'm here? No, uh, nothing. Well, if you think of anything... What, before you get to the front door? Exactly. Before then, I'll walk slowly so as to give you a chance to think of something that I might be able to do for you. You could walk quickly. <laughs> Last chance. No! Davey. You're still in here, Callum. Can I use the toilet before I go? That prawn madras is coming back. <laughs> We did have a talk at school and they did tell us about what happens and what you must and must not say about other people's bum-bums. <laughs> First of all, in the universe, there were mans and ladies. And mans did have a twig and berries. And, and ladies did have buzzies and a tuppence. And in the olden days, only a lady and a man could get married. And sometimes the men's could have a couple of girlfriends too. <laughs> but if they did try the kissing with the same as them, a lady with a lady or a man with a man, they might go to prison just for having a cuddle. <laughs> then the government with Mr David Samcam said, all change, and it got allowed that if a man didn't want to marry his friend called, uh, maybe Ian, um, <laughs> then, then that was allowed. And that is called being a homo sapiens. <laughs> And, and that is a very good thing, even though your nana says, Oh dear, what is the world coming to with men's... <laughs> with men's marrying men's and ladies having a kiss in public with a lady? <laughs> anyway, my mum says that a lady what is having a special sex cuddle with another lady <laughs> is called sensible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and when my mum and dad did get 
a divorce, then he did get a new girlfriend, and so did my mum. <laughs> so now there is two mums in my house, and maybe I will get a new brother or a sister from my mum. For, but sometimes two ladies can make a children, and two men's can make a children if they get um some some eggs from the egg box and some tadpoles from the pond and mush them up in a blender. <laughs> They can make any flavour baby. <laughs> but my dad is not going to make any more babies because my mum says he has had the snipper on his winkle and good riddance to that. <laughs> but then it did go all different again because your best friend, who did first of all be called Zach and now he's called Zoe, is gone from being a boy to a girl. And this is called gender fluid. <laughs> and I do not really know what gender fluid is but I know you must not drink it. <laughs> and when Zoe What Was That does get bigger, she can decide if she wants to have some toilet parts of a lady's or of a man's. <laughs> and I do not think it is important where your poo comes from, because I think that is just your bottom hole. <laughs> but it is important where your wee comes from, if it is from a pipe or a slice. <laughs> And Barack Obama Rama, he was good, yeah. And he said that if a school children does identity with a girl, then she can go into a girl's toilet, even if she has her twig. And, and if a children does identity with a boy, then he can go in the boy's toilet, even if he has a girly bits. But then Donald Trump said, no, 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 none of that anymore. Now you have to decide to be one thing or the other. And that is not fair. But maybe he is just lucky because he does not have to decide what to be. He was born a knob. <laughs> and that is what is gender. It is, it's true. Okay, um, thank you everyone. Hi. Great. Um, welcome to this morning session of the Mellow Out Mediterranean Meditation Weekend. <laughs> it's, it's really great to be here all together on the beach on this uh, beautiful morning. Uh, and I'd like to now introduce Oshi to lead us in a short elemental meditation. Oshi. Thank you. So let's start with a short meditation to ground yourself in the present moment. Settling down. Find a comfortable position and close your eyes. Allow the sound of the waves to completely calm your mind. As you listen to each wave come in, you'll find your mind gently begins to quiet. Breathe in. Breathe out. Deeply breathe. Breathing in cool, refreshing air. Exhaling hot, tense air. Allowing the sounds of the ocean to wash over you bringing you closer to the infinite source of energy within you. Allowing yourself to be at total peace with your surroundings as you find yourself becoming more and more relaxed. Take a few moments to enjoy this wonderful experience. Please don't find the noise. Please accept the noise and make it part of your meditation. Oh, God, Jan, I can't face entertaining tonight. Oh, why did we invite them? Uh, no, here they come now. Oh, Scott, should we do the thing? Yeah, let's do the thing. Okay. 
Hey, Martin, Paul, hello. Hello, Shan. Hello, Scott. Hello, hello. Come in, come in. Can you stop saying everything twice, Scott? Sorry, sorry. Come in, come in. Yeah. If you just get out of the way, Scott, they will come in. OK, yes, but I have to stand here to open the door, don't I, Jan? OK, now give me a coat, Martin, and you, Paul. There you go. Thank you, Jan. Take them, Scott, will you? Yes, of course. I'll just put these in the cloakroom, just here. We don't need chapter and verse of where you're going to put the bloody coat, Scott. Just deal with them quietly. Martin and Paul might want to know, in case they want to leave in a hurry once they realise what a witch you are. Oh! Oh, oh, what a tedious little boy you are. Now, drinks, what would you like? We've got just about everything. Yeah, a bit like on uh, vodka and Bacardi, but otherwise, we're all your lobster. If there's no vodka, I'll have a G&T. G&T for Martin, and thanks for forgetting to get the vodka, Scott. You know Martin likes vodka. Actually, no, I don't know that, but I do now. Sorry, Martin. Is there anyone else coming tonight? My, my sister, um, Linda, might come. Yes, Linda might come. Of course, Linda might not come. She hasn't had the good grace to tell us either way. Well, sometimes Linda has a bloody operation to perform, a life to save, if that's OK with you. Well, it's not, actually. It makes the whole cocking catering situation very tricky. <laughs> OK, so the point is, my sodding sister Linda may appear. Yes, my late mother may appear. In fact, she's probably more arsing well likely. Is this a bad night? We could come another night. Maybe we should come another night. Uh, did you see the coats were in here, Scott? And, and thanks for asking us what we wanted to drink. I'm, I'm sure I would have enjoyed my G&T if I'd actually got it. <laughs> Thank you both. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well done. <laughs> well, well done, darling. Done well done. You, darling. <laughs> oh. Did we go too far? I think so, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's, you know, it's the only way to get rid of folk if you're not in the mood. Yeah. Fancy a vodka? Yes, please. A very large one. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Frank Holvis. I was in town the other day on my way to the Helping Hand Massage Parlour, doesn't it? <laughs> I wanted to relax because I'd just been to see an adult film called Goldilocks and the Three Bare Bottoms. <laughs> featuring that wonderful adult movie actress Tess Tickle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, I bumped into an old friend shopping for his wife, actually. He got a nice one, too. Very reasonable, isn't it? <laughs> No, his, his previous wife had died, ladies and gentlemen. It was very, very sad. She fell into a vat of grease at work, and they did everything they could to save her, but she just slipped away. <laughs> and he really missed her, really missed her. So, so much so that I, I went with him to a seance, you know, to try and get in touch with her. Grass upside down, alphabet cards, all that. Straight away, the grass went to the getter O. He wouldn't move from there. And I realised that what the spirit was saying was, ooh. <laughs> Which is exactly what ghosts say, isn't it? So, I was very impressed. Second seance, not as good. The spirit did get through, but it just kept going on about making a claim for payment protection insurance. So it... <laughs> but anyway, he's all right now, although. When his wife died, he was very low, Gary. Very, very low. It was grim. No, it was grim, Gary. What was it, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. It was grim. <laughs> and when you're fearing like that, there's nothing better than the Shafton helmet. <laughs> to take your mind off things, you know. It's the old miners' social club. I've mentioned it before. <laughs> 
But marriage, marriage is a good, it's great. My wife and I, we're very happy. I mean, there are tensions. There are tensions. My wife has a very big sex drive. And every night there are cars parked all the way along. <laughs> But all the same, no, I govern it, I govern it, gentlemen, although in some ways she is a little bit like the grand old Duke of York, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think you get my gift, I had 10,000 men, come on, guys. <laughs> no, 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 one time, one time, I, did, I came home just as the window cleaner was driving away in his van, and I looked up at my wife's windows, absolutely filthy, ladies and gentlemen. He just opened them and left her curtains frapping. <laughs> Thank you very much, good night. <laughs> It is, of course, widely known that the first woman in space was Russian cosmonaut Valentina Tereshkova in 1963. However, today in our series Women in Space, we feature the other brave and pioneering women who were a vital part of the international space team. It should have been me in space first. But they say I can't go because of my hair. That's the voice of Natalia Plotnikov, one of Tereshkovka's team. Did you have some sort of scalp condition, Miss Plotnikov? No, they say my hair is too big to fit under space helmet. <laughs> yes, I was bitter I did not go up in the Vostok. I console myself. I say, Valentina may be the first woman in space, but I will be the first woman to walk on the moon. Then no one will remember stupid Valentina. <laughs> ah, but of course that never happened. Not yet. <laughs> In the USA, the Mercury 13 space program for female astronauts was a well-kept secret until recently. It was originally going to be the Mercury 14, but one woman dropped out. Her name, Winky Fluck. Well, of course I damn well dropped out of training. Was it because you were a mother? No, it was because they shoved probes up our asses. <laughs> yeah. First, they'd spray ice-cold water in our ears to make us dizzy. Then some guy would stick a hosepipe up our cooter. <laughs> right. Presumably, the male astronauts had to go through the same rigors. Oh, you think so? No, they taught the guys how to make a gin martini and light cigars in space. No. Winky Fluck there, showing some of the grit that made these women so special. Finally, until recently, absolutely no one knew that a team of British women were being trained out on the Wiltshire countryside in 1962. I'm Beryl Shaw. I'm 85 years old and I was part of the British Women's Space Programme. <laughs> I don't think many people knew that the Brits even had a female astronaut squad. No, but it was a very small squad. Just me, really. <laughs> so presumably it was a highly rigorous training program. Oh, yes, yes, I learned to hold my breath in the bath for up to ten seconds, and once a week I'd have a bracing vegetarian meal. <laughs> yes. So where was the top-secret space training station based? My back garden. <laughs> None of your neighbours noticed that there was a rocket launcher on your lawn? Oh, no, you see, because I knitted a very large tea cosy to cover it. Yes. Beryl, are you making this up? Yes, I am. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. Thank you, Beryl Shoe. Uh. 
Everybody's talking about the dangers of drinking <laughs> The government they seek to confine us to 14 units a week A little bit of pleasure is okay But over 14 units of enjoyment doomsday <laughs> Drinking, we better stop drinking We really are enjoying ourselves far too much Drinking, we gotta stop drinking we must escape from alcohol's evil clutch. Cirrhosis, psychosis, hepatitis. Reduced fertility, gastritis, and talking shiteitis. <laughs> but I'm terribly, terribly confused. Yes, if alcohol is misused, it causes fatness, death, and major strife. But drinking doesn't kill me. It brings me to life. <laughs> booze helps me ooze confidence. It shaves off the jagged edges of unease. It beats CBT for easing anxiety. It gives tranquility and camaraderie. Booze is the key to set the real me free. And at 63, reduced fertility doesn't bother me. <laughs> so we better keep drinking. Carry on drinking. With each twist of the hand, the world becomes less bland. Drinking stops me thinking about thinking. Intoxication awakes the imagination. Each measure feeds you pleasure, it eradicates self-doubt. Then it has the good grace to knock you out. <laughs> so thank you, government, for all your assistance. But I'm feeling many units of resistance. Yes, overboozing is not amusing. But if you're as well balanced as me, then I think that you'll agree that a glass of 23 is perfect therapy. It's not the drinking that depresses me, it's the nanny statery. Thank you. So, um, what seems to be the problem? Well, um, since my partner split up with me, I've been bereft, and uh, also I, I don't feel as if I'll ever meet someone new, so... Yeah, I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Yeah, yeah, no, it's very common. You feel rejected, you feel worthless, you wonder what's the point in trying. Well, yeah, exactly, all that. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly is. Yeah, that's why I first went to counselling. So how did your counsellor help you? Well, he didn't really. The guy wasn't much cop. <laughs> I see. Not much use when your counsellor isn't up to it. Yeah, indeed. Sometimes, I, you know, I feel like I just can't go on. Yeah, I know. It's awful. <laughs> awful. I felt like that. I, I mean, I just lie there some morning staring at the ceiling. Yeah, been there, got the T-shirt. And now my ex won't even speak to me? Yep, I had the same. Look, th this isn't helping. You're just repeating stuff back at me. I'm just empathising. Yeah, but I need to know what to do. Well, I think we should talk about something else. Do you mind? I'm sorry? Well, I'm afraid this is not a good subject for me. It brings back a lot of bad stuff. But th that's ridiculous. Well, not really. I find this conversation difficult. What's wrong with that? Well, in that case, I'm not paying you. Of course not. I'm not paying you either. Sorry? You do know this is the waiting room. <laughs> Oh, Davey! Oh, Lordy! 
Thank you for meeting me. Great to be back in the presence of the Joe Jameson band. How are you, boys? Oh, we're still alive, Ray. What about you? Oh, very much alive, boys, and I've got a plan. Uh, I thought you might have. Yeah, I've been organising these reunion tours. You know, searchers, tremolos, Jerry and the pacemakers. Pacemakers sounds like a good idea, Ray. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I want you guys to headline my latest venture. What do you think? The Joe Jameson band back on the road. Ray, we were lucky to get to the pub today without collapsing. <laughs> You'd storm it! I don't forget, half of our members are dead, Ray. My member certainly is. <laughs> Just four songs, your greatest hits. We're no update, Ray. I can't even hit the low notes now. Aye, and I've lost the will to drum. No problem, boys. We'll get some young lads in to do the hard work and you can take all the glory. It will still be the Joe Jameson band live on stage. I can't get up on a stage anymore. Ah, he's no good with steps. Or walking. <laughs> the thing is, Ray, with my bladder, it's a non-starter. What's wrong with your bladder? It's a non-stopper. Aye, <laughs> and I'd have to nip off stage myself for the odd jab. You know, for the drop ball. Drop ball? What's that? You wouldn't want to know. <laughs> Plus, we'll need a bar back there. Aye, we'll need a wee drinker too while we're off. Give us the courage to come back home. <laughs> Aye, but it can't be too loud, Ray. My ears will start bleeding. Thing is, I can't hear anything unless it is too loud. Aye, so we need it loud and quiet at the same time. <laughs> Well, there'll be lights, by the way. Of course there'll be lights. Aye, well, I can't see in the light. <laughs> what, do you want to do it in the dark sort of thing? That'd be good. Aye, then I could take the odd fly slash in a bucket as well. <laughs> well, yeah, let me have a little think about it. Oh, well, what's that I think about, Ray? It'll be a skush. As long as there's no stage, no steps, no lights, no noise, lots of noise. A bar backstage, a bucket and jabs for the drop ball. <laughs> It's <laughs> quite a rider. I'm not sure I'll find a suitable venue. What about hiring a toilet near a chemist? <laughs> One of the greats of British comedy, Sir Norman Wizened. Don't laugh at me. I don't want to be laughed at. Ah, oh, it's a real wags to witches story. Norman was born like so many people before him. <laughs> he came from ever such a poor background. All he had to eat was a pie throughout his whole childhood. What's more pie? And his father was very violent, but then everyone was in them days. Oh, happy times. <laughs> Norman soon started doing films. I started doing films. <laughs> he did loads of them. Oh, I did loads of them. <laughs> Norman's most famous comedy routine was the brilliant Falling Over and Shouting Man. Uh, 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 well, I watch it. Mr. Grimsdale! Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Eventually, Norman's comedy. 
comedy went a bit out of fashion, the kids wanted different stuff like YouTube and revenge porn. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Norman. Oh, them were the days. Boy, boy, says I, don't cry. Always remember when I was young, I just ate pie. Ah, <laughs> oh, Norman. Dead now, of course, but not forgotten. Except by them what can't remember him. <laughs> Next week, join me for a trip down memory lane as we recall giddy times with my old friends, them lovable murderers, Ronnie and Reggie Quay. <laughs> what a giggle. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what in the name of Catherine Zeta-Jones? <laughs> British summertime starts today, Denzel, when the clocks go forward. Yeah. So I are just putting my body clock forward by an hour. Ah, there we are, ready for spring. <laughs> now, if you'll just excuse me, Denzel, I are going to clean the house from top to bottom. I can't wait to get all that fluff up my hoover pipe. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get dressed first, then, Gwyneth. <laughs> I will get dressed if you will get dressed, Denzil. Gwyneth, how shall I put it? I know, I'll put it like this. I am dressed. <laughs> and not only are I fully dressed, but on top of my clothing, I am wearing a bright blue plastic mac as well. So how by all that is... Hunzi, could you think that I wasn't dressed? Oh, I thought you might have a skin disease, Denzil. Ah, goodness, you know how they have guide dogs for the blind? Perhaps we should get here yeah, a thinking dog for the stupid. Oh, I'd like a dog, Denzil. It would be something to look after now that our only child, Codfill, have left home. Goodness, Codville have not left home. He have just gone out into the garden. The only reason he didn't come in for lunch is that he haven't worked out how to get back into the house yet. Oh, round him up, Denzel. Put a trail of Gwillim's lung and octopus-flavoured crisps out. That'll bring him back in, and tonight we'll have his favourite dinner to celebrate. Oh, yes, and what are that? It's our savoury dish made from the skin of a chicken, the skin of a sheep, skin of a cow, and the skin of a pig. Four skin pie. <laughs> oh. oh, I've just thought I haven't got the right ingredients. Uh, I could have told you that a long time ago, goodness. <laughs> but if I'm quick, I can get to the Fifty Shades of Gravy Food Emporium before it shuts. But they haven't got any clothes, then. Actually, I am not wearing a blue plastic mac, Gwyneth. Yeah, we're right the first time. I have got a skin disease. Uh, yes, I'm afraid they are quite right, Gwyneth. The Absolutely Radio Show is written and performed by Pete Bakey, Moena Banks, Bowie Hunter, Gordon Kennedy and George Fox. The producers were Gordon Kennedy and Josh Beatty. And it is an absolutely dust production for the BBC. It is, it's true.
Yeah.